And now, a word from our sponsors. We don't have any. So, if you'd like to get in touch, we'll happily take some of your advertising budget off your hands for you. Just don't put all your eggs in one basket. Most of our listeners are either our friends or family, and even they listen just to stop us yakking on about it. Mm. Besides, most of them already have all the blue pills they need. Isn't that right, Uncle Terry? And now, back to our show. Well, you've come this far, people. I guess you're as curious as the rest of us to see how this is going to play out. Welcome to Rodney Beckford Isn't Funny. It's the last episode in the series, and I know I've said some mean things about him over the last three episodes. But can I just say, I've meant every bloody word. His one saving grace, his only truly redeeming quality, is that he's not Piers Morgan. So why are you single? I mean, what's wrong with you? You're not a serial killer, are you? What are your pronouns? Are you gay, straight, non-binary, swing both ways, or are you just a secret Tory? Oh, we're straight into it, are we? Not even a, hello, how you doing, or what you been up to? Oh, for the last time, I am you. I'm your subconscious. This is happening in your head. Besides, I know what you've been up to, and you need to get a hobby. I have a hobby. Uh, not one that involves an alarming number of odd socks. It's a perfectly natural thing. <sighs> not the way you do it. There are chimps at the zoo that would be like, blimey, he's at it again. Oh, they're British chimps, are they? Well, if I do an African accent, you'll be cancelled before you even start. My pronouns are Mr, Geezer, Dude, Man, Sir, Yes Dread or Wagwan. I'm single, childless and I like women. Ironically though, women don't seem to like you. That's not true. They tend to not like me once they get to know me. Or when they wake up and realise their mistake. Whoa, 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 whoa. That makes me sound way, way, way too Cosby-like. Say that line again. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. That does sound terrible. Okay, uh, how about once they've slept with you and realise you're terrible in bed? That's more like it. The last thing I need to be compared to is Bill Cosby. So, Rodney, this is the last episode and you need to prove you're funny. What do you think I've been doing for the last three episodes? Working on a children's audio book? Huh. Well, all right then. You better bring out the A material. OK, OK, OK. The A material. Apparently, audiences don't want to laugh at good-looking people telling them jokes. I think we get dazzled by their good looks, which makes it harder for the audience to concentrate on what they're saying. This is not a problem I have with audiences. I tend to get, didn't you play midfield for Juventus in the 90s? At which point, I like to ask, how badly, as a former millionaire professional footballer, does my life have to have gone for me to end up doing stand-up comedy in front of you guys? <laughs> I'm a five or a six at best. A seven if you're really drunk, but never an eight or a nine. A terrible, highly contagious, 
pustulous face disease would have to afflict the rest of the world first to make me an eight or a nine. <laughs> Overnight, Brad Pitt would have to turn into Adrian Childs, George Clooney into Gerard Depardieu, Charlene Theron into Susan Boyle, and Idris Elba into Flavor Flav. What else you got? I'm a black man of West Indian heritage. My dad told me that when he came to this country in the early 60s, he always saw signs that read, no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. He always said, man, the English are so stupid. Is what made them think that dogs can read? <laughs> a couple of years ago, when the Black Lives Matter movement gathered momentum, a white friend of mine asked me, so what do you think of all of this Black Lives Matters business then? Now, I know you're just getting to know me, but I'm guessing the smarter ones amongst you have already got a pretty good idea of who I am and what I'm about. I'm just not that deep, clever or complicated. So, what about all this makes this guy think I'm going to be the one turkey that thinks voting for Christmas is a good idea. I've worked with this person for about 20 years, so I said, uh, I'm kind of in favour of it, actually. If I'm not, they'll stop inviting me to the secret black people meetings we have about white people. <laughs> they'll revoke my powers to move to the rhythm which could cause real carnage at a salsa class. <laughs> also, the Jamaican Federation will ban me from buying anything from Puma ever again. <laughs> Besides, the food is really good. Trust me, you'd love it if you could handle the spices <laughs> and master the handshake. Hmm, ethnic humour. Anything else? What more do you need to know? I'm available for MC work, we'll do weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporates, commercials, voiceover work, and even take on an acting role or two. Although, the last time I did a wedding, the groom cringed from the start to the finish of my speech, and the bride got so pissed off, she punched me in the nuts. <laughs> Which, let me tell you, is not the traditional way to end a best man's speech. It's supposed to be with a toast to the bride and the groom and not curled up, rolling around on the floor, clutching your nuts. <laughs> That's good. Tell us something else about yourself. I love science fiction films, especially time travel movies. Although, if they ever did invent the time machine, do you know what the first rule of time travel would be? Don't let black people get their hands on it. <laughs> Trust me, the time-space continuum definitely get messed up <laughs> we'd be all don't you worry about us sir you can trust us we promise not to disrupt the timeline while all the time in the back of our minds would be the voice of samuel l jackson saying i cannot believe those stupid motherfuckers think that any black person in a time machine ain't gonna go back in time and change some shit <laughs> screw going back to kill baby hitler stalin or mussolini there was a black people meeting and it was unanimously agreed that the founding fathers of the slave trade in this country 
a country that exploited slavery the most, John Locke, William Towson and John Hawkins would be the first ever white men in history to ever get a can of whoop-ass opened on them. (laughs) Once those wankers are sent scurrying back to the British Isles with their tails between their legs, we make Wakanda a reality, baby. (laughs) And don't worry about killing baby Hitler, saving Martin Luther King or Tupac and Biggie. That's stuff we can do on the way back, along with weaning Prince off painkillers, getting Bob Marley to ease off on the weed, and getting Will Smith to slap the Harvey Weinstein out of Bill Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, that is funny, I'll give you that. But I was thinking of something more personal. More personal? You know, something that shows us who you really are. You ever get your foreskin trapped in a zipper? <laughs> I can tell you from first-hand experience that without doubt, zipping it up <laughs> is so seriously painful I'd take waterboarding, passing a kidney stone or even childbirth over any attempt at unzipping it. Don't ask me why, I've no idea, but I can tell you the unzipping is exponentially more painful than the zipping. I think it's because when you're zipping it up, you're just going through the motions. Your mind's on other things, you're distracted, and you don't realise you've done it until it's done. But once it's done, (laughs) let me tell you, you can't help but focus on what you've done. As far as I'm concerned, trapping your foreskin in the zipper is the ultimate test of your ability as a man to ask for help. This isn't like when you're driving lost and have no clues as to where you're going, but you don't want to stop and ask for directions. This isn't flat-packed furniture without any instructions. There's a picture of the thing on the box. What more information do you need? This is life and death, the ultimate test of your ability to endure embarrassment Abject humiliation and ridicule is such a defining and important test of masculinity that the SAS have incorporated it into their final selection process. It doesn't matter if you can shoot the wings off a horsefly at 100 metres, jump out of a helicopter into freezing water, or are capable of taking down five armed men with your bare hands. Getting caught behind enemy lines has nothing on getting your foreskin caught in a zipper. This, by the way, is the only reason Israeli special forces are considered some of the best in the world because they zip up their entire willy. When it happened to me, I went to my mother, who once she'd stopped laughing and taking pictures, called my dad who then got his camera phone out (laughs) and started taking video. (laughs) Once the laughter had subsided, my mother treated it like it was a zipper on a coat that had gotten stuck. You know, you zip it up and then take a run at it where the jam is. Only the jam was where my foreskin was interlocked between the teeth of the zipper and she'd had more than a couple of painful botched attempts at trying to free me. My dad had a go 
But to be honest, he wasn't fully committed because he couldn't stop laughing. Eventually, just before I passed out in excruciating pain, my mother managed to free my foreskin from the zipper through a combination of pulling it back through the zipper teeth and zipping it down really quickly in one super fast action. The whole ordeal was caught on camera and the manager of the Tesco store where it happened (laughs) gave my mother a 20% discount on her next shop and 500 club card points. (laughs) He even offered me a job for being such a brave boy but I had to turn him down as I was already working as a cocktail bartender (laughs) in a restaurant. No pun intended. My point is, this happens more than men are willing to admit to. But if it happens to you, don't be afraid to ask for help, no matter where you are. Sure, there will be some laughter. People will take photos and video. Just remember to try not to pass out, or your brother might draw a cock and balls on your forehead. Oh, and depending on... Where you are when it happens, you might get a load of club card or nectar points for your trouble. I remember that like it was yesterday. In fact, I think that's the first time I ever made anyone laugh outside my family. Well, that's a lot of trouble to go to to get a laugh. I didn't do it on purpose. My mum never made me do it to get the club card points. It took them a full ten minutes to stop laughing before they made any attempt to free me. Yeah, I remember. I was there. In fact, I don't think I can remember a time where my parents ever laughed as hard or as long together as that. Well, there was that campfire baked beans scene in Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Oh, oh, do you remember in Only Fools and Horses when Del and Rodney dressed as Batman and Robin and emerged through the smoke? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we all found that funny. OK, here's the thing that no one tells you when you go veggie. You're going to fart like a Frisian. The strength of your farts gets stronger and you fart a hell of a lot more than you used to. It does, however, improve your core strength. I blew the duvet off my back the other night. It sounded like a rubber balloon trapped between two bikers in full leather riding gear. It woke me up out of deep sleep and set off the motion detectors. (laughs) The thing is, they get so strong over time, I reckon you could propel yourself along on a skateboard powered by vegetable lasagna or quinoa and mushroom stuffed peppers. And should you need to get a wriggle on, five sprouts will get you wherever you need to be in half the time. (laughs) You're going to need spare underpants. But you'll be reducing your carbon footprint. (laughs) I've got a friend of mine who lives in a cabin in the countryside and he adopted a stray cat. It crapped on his pillow one evening because he left it inside for too long. That is some seriously passive-aggressive behaviour right there. The message that cat was sending was clear and unequivocal. You act like a shithead, then I'll make you a shithead. He's so lucky he didn't come back drunk and pass out like he usually does. Otherwise, he really would have ended up (laughs) shit-faced. With that level of vindictiveness, 
It made me think that that cat wasn't homeless. It had simply run out of patience with its previous owners and tossed a toaster into the bath with them in it. (laughs) They must have made it dress up as Santa, filmed it falling off the mantelpiece and stuck it on YouTube, or made it chase a laser pointer until it lost interest. I bet that cat shut in their slippers at least twice first, but they failed to take the warning seriously. (laughs) Although, to be fair, a cat dragging a toaster into the bathroom on an extension cable would have made me stop and stare too. (laughs) Wow. Cat humour. That's original. But funny, right? You know, I'm getting a bit sick of you putting me down, undermining my confidence, chipping away at my psyche. It's a little known fact that many of the very best and brightest comedians out there struggle with their mental health. Many have major anxieties based around imposter syndrome and irrational feelings about not being good enough. Yeah, I did know that, actually. So what's your excuse? I don't have any of those hang-ups. What? None? None that will stop me trying to be as funny as I can be. Well, good for you. All I want to do for the remainder of my time on the planet is make people laugh. There's enough madness, misery and mayhem in the world and the last thing I want to do is contribute to that. Making people laugh is what it turns out I'm not bad at doing. So, from now on, you can either work with me or against me. But I'm going to get you to laugh at me at some point. It's inevitable. You're going to feel the corners of your mouth twitch and want to turn up and there'll be nothing you can do about it. Trust me, you'll crack eventually. Everyone does. Because guess what? Rodney Beckford isn't funny. He's hilarious. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We only had to sit through 50-odd minutes of second-rate material to get yet another wordplay gag that, frankly, wasn't worth the wait. OK, OK, we get it. You're not a fan of wordplay. But I'm hilarious, right? Mm, hilarious. It's a bit strong. Well, what would you say? Um... Rodney Beckford isn't funny, but he's funnier than getting hit by a bus. Oh, we're back to that, your original suggestion, Ari. Well, I'm funny and I've made plenty of people laugh, thank you very much, as you well know. Hmm, humble too. Good looking, witty, charming and... Full of shit. Charisma. Ta-da! Oh, God, are you doing jazz hands on an audio podcast recording? You know there are no cameras in here, right? Rodney Beckford Isn't Funny was written, produced, engineered and edited by Rodney Beckford mainly because Tanya Chaney and me, Kevin McCarran who also featured on the show don't have the foggiest idea of how to do any of the techie crap he does That's because we're the talent, dear Well, yeah, that's what I've been telling everyone and anyone who listened to me for years. Why don't you get it printed on a T-shirt? I reckon that'll convince them. Thank you for listening to all the episodes, folks. And if you didn't like it, that's okay. You're probably a vegan. (laughs) And not getting enough protein. Which, it turns out, is essential for a sense of (laughs) humour. If you like the show, then give the Looking for a Third podcast a listen. There's really a good chance you're going to like it. Oh, and tell your friends and family to give it a listen too. Maybe come along to one of my stand-up shows next time I'm in town. Yeah, all right, Rodney. You stop blowing your trumpet now. 
if you like the theme music, it's called Moonlight Caravan by Dexter and the Disciples. It's been a privilege. I've been Rodney Beckford. Thank you so much for listening to me. And goodbye. If you're not already sick of this numpty, you can find out more information at www.rodneybeckfordcomedian.com and Instagram at Rodney Beckford Comedian. I suppose you better mention the podcast, Kevin. Oh, yeah, they have a dog-walking podcast called Looking for a Turd. Oh, no, actually it's called The The Looking Looking for for a Third third Podcast. That's it. I'm done. I'm not in the thruples, thanks very much. Oh, no, no, Kevin, it's all right. It's not about that. Didn't I say the name would be problematic? Oh, just shut your cake hole. We are different from most other podcasts you might listen to. There aren't any celebrities. Mostly because none of them have heard of us. Or their agents warned us off with a stick with a bit of dog poo on the end of it. Mm. We're not even in the top 400 podcasts in the UK. Uh, I think you'll find we're not even in the top 400 podcasts in the world. But we are in the second million. Which is why we have to make trailers like this to encourage people like you to give us a listen. This trailer's for a new show we're calling The Feedback Loop. It's the sister show to our other show, The Looking for a Third Podcast. Basically, it's a show about a show, and we are putting our listeners at the heart of it. So we can blame you when it fails. Hey, that's not it. Look, all you have to do is listen to a couple of episodes of The Looking for a Third Podcast. Doesn't matter which episode, personally, I'd go with Running Man Jim or Eddie the Artivist. The choice is yours, people. Then get in touch via Facebook or Instagram and tell us about yourselves, and we'll consider you for the show. There will be a test to prove that you've listened to the very end. Oh, yeah, it's always worth listening to us to the very end. It's our thing. Oh, we are funny. Yeah, both shows are funny. We're comedy people, people. Although... If you have to say we're comedy people, people, then maybe we're not as funny as we think. Uh, I am funny, alright? I've got paperwork and everything to prove it. Yeah, well, I was too funny for clown school. I got kicked out of clown school for clowning around. Anyway, if you'd like to be on the feedback loop, give the Looking for a Third podcast a listen. And remember... Listen to a couple of episodes. There'll be a nine-hour written test with oral, multiple choice and practical sections. Then get in touch via Facebook or Instagram and tell us about yourselves. We'd love to hear from you and find out what you think about the shows.